here. Got it. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, Passover is right around the corner, and what is traditionally served at Seder's is matzo ball soup. But how do you make it vegan and how do you make it gluten-free? Whenever you have a question about a recipe, need to modify it, need to make it delicious, my go-to person is Kathy Hester. Today is the first Wednesday of the month, which means it's time for Kathy's Vegan Kitchen, the wizard of all machines, especially the Ninja Creamy. Today, to demonstrate two versions of vegan and gluten-free matzo ball soup, Kathy Hester, how are you? I'm great. And thank you for having me on again. So I want to be real clear and make this disclaimer to start out with. Hopefully we'll have time to make two different matzo balls. The first matzo ball is made with oats. So the oats are not kosher for Passover. And if you're not sure if it works for you or not, talk to your rabbi if you are celebrating and you are kosher, because I am not an expert on anything of that. However, you can get oat matzah, and you could use that instead of the rolled oats that I'm asking for. But those, it's like specially something or other. See how little I know about it. <laughs> and, I, and I'm Jewish and I know even less. So I really admire that you're doing this. Have you ever had matzo ball soup? I have. I've only had vegetarian matzo ball soup. Now, and let me do this real quick. I'm going to just show you guys. I'm going ahead and sauteing some onion in here because um, it's boring to watch. And you guys don't need to see that. <laughs> And what I did is I just chopped it up in the food processor. <gasps> Super ninja cheater trick. And then I also, I'm going to throw some garlic in here. And I wanted to show you my garlic smasher. So I've smashed a bunch of cloves of garlic. And you literally just take it and rock it back and forth. And I love it. And then I'm just going to scrape this off. So I actually made matzo ball soup so see i'm just gonna scrape that off in here see how easy that was and if you're feeling a little bit feisty a little cheeky it's a nice way to get out those frustrations <laughs> chef aj do you ever feel a little frustrated? a little cheeky <laughs> a little cheeky always yeah. yeah i feel <laughs> cheeky on the fourth thursday of the month when robert cheek is the guest then I feel uh, <laughs> that's pretty awesome so I just put a little water in here and the onions are particularly smaller. If you like big chunks of onion, you make big chunks of onion. So the base of the matzo ball soup, but it's also called Jewish penicillin, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I think every culture kind of has this nourishing soup or nourishing um for lack of a better word, kind of gruel. Like we have oatmeal, right? And there's like kanji. I mean, I feel like other places have these beautiful dishes. <laughs> we have oatmeal, <laughs> you know, and uh, rice cooked down with lentils. And so it's, it's really pretty important to have something that nourishes us and both nourishes kind of our mind, our bodies, and kind of our heart. And I think that a good soup really can do that. Now, Passover has lots of different rules. And depending on different things, you may have different rules than somebody else, even if you're Jewish. So the other thing, after we make the oat ones, I made some almond milk. And with this almond meal, 
we're going to make another matzo ball and we're going to talk about some other options. So the main base of matzo ball soup is kind of a chickeny broth, right? Maybe there's carrots, maybe there's celery. Um, we've got some onions and garlic, which is the basis of all I don't feel good soups pretty much, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to come in here. This is my bullion. So you can go to plantbaseinstantpot.com. Also, if you go to the matzo ball URL, it has links to this. This is just onions, carrots, celery, and it's cheap. And they were frozen ice cubes when I got them out this morning. And that is other than making a loud noise and scaring all of us, that will be delicious. Now I have to wash my hand. Um, and there's some nutritional yeast in there. And if you have an allergy, you can always leave it out. Now I will say, if you don't have an allergy, it doesn't upset you. It's what's gonna bring more of the chickeny flavor to this. I've got a couple of carrots diced. I don't really have any celery, but what I have is this beautiful cutting celery, which is not the same thing. Also lovage, so it's an herb. And what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna use some culinary scissors or kitchen scissors, which are the scissors you hide from your spouse and kids and no opening the mail. We don't need to be putting that in our mouth, right? So I always say, these are the scissors you could lick if you wanted to. And let's say you don't have any celery, you don't have any lovage or cutting celery. What do you do? Put in some ground celery seed. That'll bring that same beautiful celery flavor to everything, but is easy peasy. And I do that a lot. Cheryl hates the crunchiness of celery, you know, those stringiness. Yeah. Okay. And you can put the leaves in. And if this was just regular celery, you can put the leaves in too. They'll be pretty. They're nutritious. Plus they're just pretty, right? That's enough right there. I think you could put some parsley. You could put fresh dill in here. I'm going to put some dill and a lot of it just like Everything else is going to be, if you grew up in a Jewish household, you probably have certain flavors you're expecting. I'm going to put a little bit, like a an eighth of a teaspoon of turmeric in there to kind of make it look a little chickenier. I am going to put in about an eighth of a teaspoon of black pepper. And as always, I'm going to put probably, oh, let me come over here and get the salt. Gonna probably put about a half a teaspoon of salt but you could use your favorite salt substitute so you don't have to use salt ever if that doesn't work for you i'm gonna do about yes ma'am i was just wondering if you saw the show for monday because it was really interesting with the world's leading expert on salt and hypertension dr c.e Grimm, who worked for walter kempner and he talked about how people that don't eat salt they just will not get high blood pressure Really? That's so it, interesting. It was really interesting. And he, he's, it's a, it's a show worth watching because it was a lot of information I wasn't aware of. He said that high blood pressure is not a normal consequence of aging. And uh, it was very interesting. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. So and you can make food so good without it now, mate, you know? You really can. And um, I know there's a lot of 
really cool groovy salt free blends and I snuck in some ground rosemary and I'm putting about eight cups of water in here. So I've turned off the saute and I'm gonna have this instant pot soup up, but if you don't wanna do this in the instant pot, you could do it on the stove. And I'm gonna sit this away for a minute. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna make these oat matzo balls next. But I, I think it's, my salt substitutes, one tablespoon ground um, garlic, could be garlic powder, granulated garlic, doesn't matter. Same thing, onion powder, one teaspoon ground celery seed. And then you just have it easy peasy, it's inexpensive. The one thing that can be problematic is that um, sometimes the salt-free blends can be a little expensive if you're on a budget. So that's all. Yeah, but you make you you show people how to make salt-free blends that are very affordable just out of regular uh, spices. That's my goal. That's my big goal. Okay, so we're going to make this easy too. So I'm going to put a cup and a half of rolled oats. Now these are gluten-free. And here, let me show you the bag. I got these at Costco. Jeff AJ, I don't know if you, these are kind of cool. I've seen those. How are they different or better? I actually have seen those at Costco. Well, supposedly sprouted makes them a little more nutritious, though I don't know for sure. It's organic and it's gluten-free, which means it. so oats are naturally gluten-free. But what happens is they get contaminated with other things as going through the processing. And that's what we're trying to avoid. And we're gonna mix all our dry ingredients. I'm putting two tablespoons of potato starch in here. And you could probably use another starch like arrowroot, something like that if you wanted to. Um, I am gonna use some kalanamak because I'm really trying to recreate the original, which has chicken fat and eggs. So this is gonna give us our eggy flavor, but if that's not important to you then, and you're not doing salt, either or and, <laughs> leave it out. We're gonna put some more black pepper in here. I'm gonna put about an eighth of a teaspoon. Can you, I don't know if you can hear Cheryl cleaning up in the other room or not. No, I can't, but that's wonderful. Hey, She's cleaning up like, in my, oh, go ahead. I was just wondering like broths, what makes broths broths? Because like, have you ever been to like a Vietnamese restaurant and they <gasps> make, like how do they make it so good? Cause the guy here will make it without salt. And I'm like, how do you do that? It's, it's all the little things that go into it really. So it's like, Building a broth, because I make a pretty mean mushroom broth and like using fresh mushrooms, different kinds of mushrooms, some dried mushroom, like really building up those umami flavors. So for instance, if I couldn't have nutritional yeast, I probably would add some mushrooms. And I probably, if I can have nightshades, would add a little bit of tomato powder, like start off with a half teaspoon or something like that. So you'll still get those umami flavors that build up together. Um, and that's why I think chickeny stuff tastes so good. And I say chickeny because I haven't had chicken in 40 years, right? So it's not that, but it's that kind of umami flavor, just like cheese. Like it's, it's amazing to me that nutritional yeast both gives us the cheesy flavor and the chickeny flavor, depending on how we're using it. So I think building and layering those flavors, 
also roasting vegetables. So if we roasted the stuff that was going to go in here, we would miss the nutritional yeast last because you get some of that caramelization, some of those really good flavors that even build up in just a plain old roasted carrot. It's kind mm. of amazing. That's the secret then. Okay. And so I put in some baking powder. Now these are oats. They're not going to be your Bubby's fluffy matzo balls, but we're going <laughs> to do our best. And this is part half of doing our best, right? <laughs> and then I'm going to put some garlic powder and onion powder in there, a quarter teaspoon of onion powder, a half a teaspoon of garlic powder, because even though these are matzo balls, and they're usually made kind of plain. You're and you're just tasting that chicken smaltz, which is kind of gross to think about. But you know, that's why I'm going to put in two tablespoons of nooch. So now we have the eggy flavors and the chickeny flavors in there, with none of the naughty bits. Do you think, Kathy, you'll ever be able to come up with a nooch substitute for those that have things like Crohn's disease or other reasons that they have to avoid it, like allergies or intolerances? It's such a unique flavor. I don't think I can come up with a duplicate, but I can come up and I'm just going to go ahead and blend this. You could do this in your food processor because don't pay for oat flour. It costs right. a lot of money for you to do what you already have. And, and it's so much cheaper to make your own. And what we want to do here is we want to make it kind of meal-like. So we want it not too mixed up, not too ground finely. And also now it's just mixing our dry stuff together. I didn't do this when I first made it. And then I was like, well, that wasn't very smart, was it? And I want you to see what it looks like and why I'm saying it's kind of a meal. Come in a little bit closer and see if you guys can see how you can see a couple of rolled oats, but it's not all just whole rolled oats. Some of it's cut a little bit more. Let's see, there we go. All right. So one thing I did before I got on the live too is I took two tablespoons of flaxseed and a quarter cup of water. I noticed yesterday, because I made like three batches of these yesterday, if this sits too long, you may need extra water. So I'm going to go ahead and pour back just a little bit. I'm going to pour that dry mixture in here. I'm going to scoop out the flaxseed. And then we're going to add a little more water. And here's our second big try for making these a little bit fluffier, club soda or seltzer. And you'll notice that in a lot of traditional recipes, we're going to start with a quarter cup. And depending on how wet that flaxseed mixture is, we may need to add a little bit more. So we're just going to mix this up. And at some point, just like when we're doing cookies or anything else, we're looking for kind of a Play-Doh consistency. And letting these sit for a couple minutes can be really good too, just to like let the oats kind of gather up some of this liquid. 
And here's something else I would say. These will need to cook a little longer than if you use the oat matzah. And the oat matzah you can get on Amazon that is kosher for Passover. It is also $40 a box. So I want to be clear <laughs> about why I'm not using them because that, that's a little rich for me, for my blood. We want to get all that in. And just like anything else, we'll go back and forth between if it's too wet to be in a ball, we can add some more potato starch or whatever starch you're using. If it's too dry, then we will go ahead and add a little more liquid. And I think this may be a little sticky. So I think I'm gonna put, oh, it tastes really good though. <laughs> it's very flavorful from all the yummy things. You can, this is a tablespoon and I'm using probably a third of it. Just wanna, let it get a little bit firmer so we can work with it a little bit better. And if you're using matzah, because you can make this instead of using oats, using regular matzah, which is vegan. Um, it's not gluten-free. All the store-bought gluten-free matzah that I can find has egg in it. So that's why I'm doing it this way. Okay, and this will make about 12 walnut-sized matzo balls. So you can do it a couple of different ways. And so I usually like to go ahead and feel it, see how it's together. If we let it sit for a couple of minutes, it will soak up a little more of that water too. Let me wash my hands again real quick. And then in the, after we do this and get this started, I'm gonna make up live <laughs> the almond meal one. So I'm just gonna take this scoop and you could also just divide it or you can just do it like this so you know they're about the same size. And if you go to the post, it has pictures of all these step-by-step -step things too. And sometimes just like any other recipe, you might be shy a matzo ball or have an extra matzo ball. That looks pretty close. That looks like a one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I got a little. So Kathy, Sandra's saying oat matzah is kosher the rest of the year, but never for Passover. Oats are expressly forbidden. Who knew? Oh, I thought that this particular kind, I talked to a friend of mine who is kosher and she was saying the expensive matzah should be. So I don't know though. So I, I, there's different levels of Judaism. Not, I mean, even, you know what I'm saying? So not everybody yeah. is uh, as, as you know. she's pretty strict. She's clean. She's cleaned up her entire kitchen and done all that. But I think she said the reason that one is so expensive is because of the rabbi involvement if that makes sense. And I'm gonna go ahead and put a little water in a bowl. So like when you're working with dumpling wrappers, if this is getting where it's sticking a little bit, you can just put a little water on your hands and then we just roll it into a ball. 
and it doesn't have to be absolute perfection. It's okay. I'm just going to drop them right in the soup. Because the, with the Instant Pot, yesterday I cooked the soup for 20 minutes and the matzo balls were cooked pretty well. If yours are not cooked all the way through, they will look kind of like an oatmeal cookie on the middle if they're not. Um, what you can do is just simmer it longer until that's done. Maybe look and see. But you can make these the night before. So the ones I have, I have cooking in a different broth. So it'll be done in about 20, 30 minutes, which I think will just make us. <laughs> so you get to see that they held together. I made those matzo balls yesterday and kept them in the fridge overnight. With the almond ones, since I'm not going to be able to tell you that they held together in the broth until later, Another thing you can do, which Nava Atlas does with her quinoa flake matzo balls, is she bakes them. So you can also bake them, but you don't want to brown them, and then you add them to the bowl and put the broth in. So no one is the wiser. But you can use, I had someone who tested this with regular matzo, and they cooked it half the time because it's going to cook much faster because this is a pretty dense little guy okay and then let me wash my hands and then we'll start again and let's see what we need to do to make these almond ones stick together okay so I'm gonna go ahead and I'll let you see in here maybe I've got the slotted spoon I put out somewhere so I would show you that now I've moved, but I have a slotted, here we go. I have a little happy slotted spoon. There you go. <laughs> and if you're, if you're doing this with broth, you can just pull them up and that can help them. But see how all the matzo balls are in there? Kathy, that's ingenious. It looks so authentic. Yeah, and with the, with the stuff in the matzo balls, it is going to, it, it could even taste better. They're going to be more dense. We've done our due diligence, <laughs> but you know, I think it's pretty amazing because Chef AJ, I know you in particular don't eat any flowers and you don't eat nuts. I so know, this is amazing. So I wanted to create one that you for sure could do. So we're going to do this on high pressure for 40 minutes. Right? No. 20 minutes, 40 and, and minutes on the stove, about. The eight quart, right? The eight quart instant pot? No, it's it's like the pro, but it is not the, it's, ah. it's the precursor to the pro. It's the Evo, the Duo Evo Plus, which was available for like three months. And how many quarts is it? It's six. Oh, wow. It just looks bigger for some reason on camera. I wish I could have gotten the 10 quart, you know? Oh my God. I can see you having it. I can see that being hard for me. So another thing, I've been doing a lot of milk maker reviews. So I thought when I saw that almond meal is both A, kosher for Passover, and B, a byproduct of making milk. And so this, when you use the almond cow, which I don't use as much, and Chef AJ, I know you also worry about the waste of some of this. Mm -hmm. And I think it's long 
for me, if we put this back into other foods, I don't feel so bad about it. <laughs> um, and other people are asking me for this. So this, you use one cup of almonds for about five cups of water-ish, I think five to six. And I let this sit in here. So the almond cow has its own little strainer. If I didn't use the almond cow, I would have left it in one of these and let some of it drain out. So there's always a little extra almond milk that comes out. This is not exactly the same as like almond meal you buy in the store, but it could be if you wanna spread this on a sheet and dehydrate it. But right now, see it's moist. So I'm gonna try something a little different. So instead of adding flax seeds to water, and my friend told me flax seeds are for sure kosher for Passover. So if that's wrong, you guys, you guys are the ones who should tell me. I'm, I was doing an article for a kosher magazine through a brand a long time ago. So I get really freaked out <laughs> because it was before quinoa was definitely okay everywhere. And it was a, all quinoa recipes. So know that I get that little craziness. So we're going to go ahead and put two tablespoons of flaxseed. The hope, and you guys are seeing, I haven't developed a recipe on Chef AJ's channel. I do on mine. Chef AJ, I made a non-alcoholic vegan Bailey's. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I made it up smelling the real vegan Bailey's at the same time. So we're doing a little bit of that. So since we know it's gonna be wetter, we probably aren't gonna be adding as much water, if any water to this, right? If I had put it in the dehydrator, we could. But why, it doesn't make sense to go through all that right now though, right? Like I wanna have matzo ball soup today, I don't wanna dry this for 12 hours. So let's talk about getting the wetness out. Let's go ahead and put about two tablespoons of potato starch to start out with. I'm gonna add that baking powder too, but we're gonna add it a little bit later because I don't want it to fizz up yet. Oh, I forgot to put parsley in the other one. Sorry guys, we'll put my parsley in here. Chef AJ, do you ever have parsley that starts looking kind of sad or cilantro and you're not Absolutely, quite sure? But there's, aren't there tips to keep it refreshed, like keeping it in ice water or in a moist paper towel, things like that? That works. But one of the things I do too is I dehydrate it while it's still green and it's starting to look a little sad. And then I put it in a jar. So for days that I'm like, I wish I had some parsley to put in here. I do, and I think of it as free parsley. Just like I take the stems out of my mushrooms and if they're big and I dehydrate them, free mushroom powder, right? Food is expensive. Let's, let's have as much free stuff as we can. <laughs> <laughs> and let's go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and put in some of that kalanamak. Maybe not quite as much because it looks... And then I'm gonna put in two tablespoons of nooch. And again, if you're not okay with nooch, maybe put a half a teaspoon of mushroom powder in there or something like that. Hey, how do nutritional yeast get the nickname nooch? Does anybody know? 
I think that was Issa's, isn't it? I, I think know. Issa Moskowitz did that in her group. Like when it was like before blogs were really that much of a thing. So somebody's asking, so you dehydrate your herbs as they start to go bad to repurpose them? I do because then they're even around longer. So I have all these little mason jars. I have cilantro. I have chives. I had this was the last of my parsley, so I'm kind of sad about that. Okay, and we'll, I'm putting this here so I don't forget. And I'm just going to mix this around a little bit. And if we need to add something, depending on what time of the year it is, and if you keep kosher for Passover or not. So I could put not keeping kosher for Passover. I could put some oat flour or some ground oats in here or gluten-free flour. You could put quinoa flour in here and it would be kosher, I believe, for Passover. We could put quinoa flakes in here. We could put more potato starch because potato starch is a good thing. And so what I'll do is I'm mixing it now real good because I want to get all those flavors. If your wrists just are not up to this task, you could use a mixer or even going back to where we made our dry ingredients in the blender, we could have done that in the food processor and added in everything else. We might have to add a little more like dry ingredients if we do that, because it's just gonna mix in better. See how that's still pretty wet? Can you guys see? I don't know if you, can you see how shiny my finger is? <laughs> that seems like a very strange thing to say, but there you go. It's that kind of day. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna start with like, eh, I'm living it up. Another tablespoon of flaxseed to pull that water out because I want the consistency to be kind of like Play-Doh, right? We want it where it's not so dry, it's gross, but we also don't want it just to stick to our hands. And depending on, maybe you used a different method and you didn't have as much liquid in your leftover almond. Um, I want to say almond okara, but it's not. Our okara is what's left after soy milk, but the, the fiber that's left over. So that's feeling closer to me. I'm going to let it sit for just a minute. Then we're also going to go ahead. I'll go ahead and add that teaspoon of baking powder. And in fact, I might even go a little bit more since we're not adding any seltzer. And if you're cooking it in your instant pot, and this is when you're doing any soups at all, is it's best if it's a very liquidy soup or brothy soup like this is to go ahead and let it natural pressure release. And so I think when people first start doing Instant Pot stuff, they're like, what do all these things mean? And they'll see NPR. It just means don't do anything for 15 minutes. And so what will happen is the little timer will go like now this is 
one's telling me it has six more minutes to cook, right? And then after that, it will start counting how many minutes it stayed warm, meaning the cook main cooking process is over. So you wait till that's at 15. And then you start releasing the pressure. We may go a little early on this one, but you just have to be more careful at that point because that's when liquid can spew up a little bit. Um, and same thing with rice. I think it makes fluffier rice when you wait a little while too. Okay, let's see how this looks. And we can always mix some things in there with our hands. And I'm just putting this right on top of where the oats were. If you were keeping kosher, you would absolutely not do that. And in fact, if you're keeping kosher for Passover, you probably don't even have oats in your house. So. <laughs> and this is definitely a more delicate balance. It's definitely wetter. I think I may go ahead and add another tablespoon of flax. I'll just kind of put it in here. Kathy, those oats from Costco, I know you said they're probably more nutritious being sprouted, but do they taste any different or better? I love all the oats equally. <laughs> so I think that that's hard to say. Um, I like them because they're inexpensive for being organic and um, I can get them. But I think Chef Julia was just saying recently that it took longer to cook. They are thick cut. But see how this isn't just completely falling apart, but I would indeed, you know, probably bake these, but I'll let you know, I'll do something with them. I'll boil them in broth at least, but I'm gonna let this extra flaxseed because just like what happens is you put flaxseed in water and it turns into that gel. So it's soaking some of the water out of this. Do you do this too? I know you're the big, you're the pastry chef. I just make stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I find that the flaxseed, a lot of times, if you don't have it, it still works, you know? I totally agree. And I don't think, you, I, there are not a lot of things I go ahead and make the flax egg with anymore. I usually mix it in with my dry ingredients and then let it sit for a few minutes. And I'm going to wash my hands again, even though everything's coming off pretty good, just to get a better idea of, you know, how wet it is. And here's the thing, when you're making something new, there is so no shame, no shame in doing it a little bit differently, right? So don't feel like, well, if I don't drop my matzo balls in my soup, it's not matzo ball soup. Well, I tell you what, if I bring you some matzo ball soup and you're eating it, it's matzo ball soup, <laughs> right? Wouldn't you say that, Chef AJ? Absolutely. Hey, what, a, your, I'm, I'm, what does your shirt say today? You always have a different shirt, a cute shirt every it time. It says Dawn of the Veg. Cool. I thought it was a good shirt for today. Do you watch that zombie show that everybody's been talking about? I do. How is it? Is it too scary? There's some parts that are scary. There was one part that was so lovely. Like um, it, it was, I was not expecting it to be lovely, but there was like this lovely love story between two people and I, I cried. So even if you can just get to like episode three or four, you're doing pretty good. 
And if you don't have a fancy cookie scoop like this, you can also just cut your dough into about 12 even-ish sorts of portions. And that's good enough. I do this because I have it and it just makes it easy. What I don't like to do personally is to just go in and just grab a ball, which I think is what grandmas do because they know. And I know enough to know I don't know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so let's see how these are going to stick together good. So at, even as I was doing that, these were picking up that moisture, right? And they'll pick it up a little bit more too. Let me, oop, I'm so sorry. I'm reaching for the wrong place. There we go. And so then all we're going to do is just roll them in our hands. And these are wet enough. I don't need any water. And I was wondering if you wanted to be inauthentic, <laughs> which is a funny thing to say, that if you didn't have parsley or dill or something like that, you could put chopped up kale in these. And I think that would be delicious and beautiful. And even in the soup, you know, instead of to garnish it with fresh dill or something like that, unless that is, you know, somehow not okay on the holiday. But, and see how these just, we could also make extra of these, or you could make these every time you make almond milk and freeze them. I would probably go ahead and cook them halfway and freeze them. And then you might even be able to drop them right in the soup. And this, when we open the soup, it is an experiment because I did not cook halfway cooked ones in there before. So we'll know something else, but see, and there you go. Um, and these, the ones we just did are kosher for Passover to my knowledge. And if they're not, please tell us in the comments. So, you know, and again, I wanna just repeat for anyone who may just have tuned in, Please, if you're keeping kosher for Passover, please talk to your rabbi if you're unsure about any of this because I am not a kosher expert at all. I don't keep kosher, but I also, just like if you're nut-free, I want to give you a nut-free recipe. If you're flour-free, I want to give you a flour-free recipe, right? That's like the heart of what I do. I don't want to kind of get you to do something that maybe isn't what you want to be doing. But I think all the other times of the year, except for Passover, these oat matzahs are fine. So when you feel like you need a little bit of that Jewish penicillin, this is gonna work perfectly. There's no oil, there's no gluten, there's no flour. I mean, I. Chef AJ, would you allow for potato starch and some of the stuff you do? I, or would. Is that... I mean, Kathy, okay. I'm, not, I'm not doing. <laughs> I, I'm I, know, I know, but no, no, no. I it's just... it's really funny because I feel like remember, are you old enough to remember the original Batman TV show with Adam West? Yes, I loved him. And it's like he could never get another job outside of being Batman. And I feel like I've been pigeonholed into weight loss. And I haven't even been in that space for years, you know, at least for three years. I mean, I do teach classes, but but I think it's fine. I 
I think really it's, um, you know, you know how that, that toxicology saying the poison is in the dose. People aren't eating potato, potato starch as a flour, you know, they're not eating it the way right. they are doing bread. So I, I never had a problem in recipes, you know, a tablespoon okay. there personally. It's just, you know, it just depends. Just like with the kosher, there's different levels of strictness. And I'm even seeing in the chat that there, there's different types of Jews, Ashkenazi, Sephardic, some eat rice. Yes. Some don't. So it's the same thing with weight loss. I always tell people do the least restrictive you can do. I, you know, I don't see people, you know, having to go to OA because they put potato starch in a recipe. That's not the problem. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're eating it as itself. It's just that in general, you know, when you grind the flour, you increase calorie density, you put, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't have a problem with it. I use arrowroot occasionally in recipes, but I also know that there's ways to often find to thicken things without those because sometimes maybe you don't have it, right? You know, so I've used things like uh, brown rice is a thickener in recipes, I, like in gravies. Okay. I've used things like little pieces of cooked Yukon gold potatoes. So, you know, if there's always another way of somebody, usually there's another way, except for so far to replicate the taste of nutritional yeast. Without <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out that's going to work. But yeah, and, and the only reason I ask is not to put you on the spot, but because I know someone's going to ask me too. And I'm, because I do agree, I was trying to avoid using flour per se, but if I was left to my own devices, instead of potato starch, I probably would have put some brown rice flour in there. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think it's, you know, it's, a and big... I'm doing what I told you guys not to do as far as like opening this before 15 minutes. So what I'm doing is this, I'll let you see from the top too. I know most of you aren't new to instant pots and this is the old way. Now the new ways you just touch a little button, but you could use also, let me find one, the little plastic utensils, if you didn't give them away, you can, you can grab this and stay further away from it. But I'm just barely opening it to let some of this out. That's like that. And I'm going to do that for a couple of minutes so that I don't boil it over. So what happens too, is when you open this pressure thing all the way, if it's really hot and it just finished cooking, it can actually make it boil some, which it doesn't boil when it's under pressure. So that's one of the reasons why we're more careful with brothy foods. But it takes a while. <laughs> it's easier to walk away and do NPR or natural pressure release. This is manual pressure release. And there's an, somebody else uses a different word for it too. Quick pressure release, I think is another term to do it faster. While I'm doing this, are there any questions that we can answer? <laughs> um, and again, if you wanted to make the soup and you don't have an instant pot, you could do the soup part on the stove, the soup part in the slow cooker. And I've seen where matzo balls are often boiled in some water and then added to soup. Or you could buck the system and bake them. And when Nava Atlas's recipe, I think she bakes it at like 250 or 275 to ensure that they don't brown. Because that would be the one thing that would give you away. And I'm still going to watch this because like if you see here, there's a couple of drops of water 
and that's from the condensation, but it's slowing down. I have a fan on so that you can see some of the steam and it moving away. And these guys are firming up pretty well, but again, I'm gonna bake them or at least bake some of them. And I will um, put the results up because I'm gonna try and probably put this recipe up as well. Chef AJ, are you talking to us? Because I think you're on mute. Oh, sorry about that. I, I There was a painter here, so I would muted it. Oh, for, okay. Yeah, see, it went. Great. I love your little balls. They're so perfect. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if you could just make a ton of them and freeze them. Yes, you can. I would cook them partially, even if it's just in this the stove. So what happens, can you guys kind of see some of that? All the herbs and stuff go to the side. So I always, when I'm doing a soup, and part of that's from us releasing the pressure, so mix all that in there. And the balls that are in here now are oat, oat matzo balls that I cooked partially yesterday and see how they, but can you see they held together? And that's the important thing I was worried about. They really held together in the soup and I cooked this for 40 minutes or 20 minutes. I may have cooked this one longer. I may have cooked this one 40 minutes, but let's take a look. Let's cut open a matzo ball. Let's see what it looks like. But I think they look, you know, even though they're oats, they look like regular old matzo balls. Let's see if I can bring this down a little bit. Nope, that's as far down as it's gonna go. Let me get a nice sharp knife. And like I said, these are gonna be denser. But I think a lot of a lot of what we make whole food plant based is often a little denser. See, these could even have gone a little bit longer, possibly. Can you guys see that? Cool. Yeah, but they really hold together, and so I feel I feel pretty confident saying these oat matzas can go a long time. So now these. Almond ones are a different story because I haven't done them yet. But what I might do, what I'm probably gonna do is scoop out the oat matzas and cook them over here in, in this broth again, and then I will report back. Are there any questions you guys have about what I've done? Also realize um, most regular matza is vegan. And I got some matza, but I just haven't had time the, the regular matzah has unbleached wheat flour and water only. There was a whole wheat matzah that I found. And I found, I live in Durham, North Carolina. So it's not like living in New York or New Jersey where there's a lot more um, Jewish specialty stores. So you may have a wide array available to you. All of the gluten-free matzah and the gluten-free matzah meal that I found had eggs in it. But I've been told there may be some out there that doesn't. So if you find it and you have a brand name, if you could email it to me, I would appreciate it or put it on the video so that I can come back and check because I would love to recommend that to other people. But the only gluten-free vegan matzah I found was the oat matzah on Amazon that's $40 a box. 
which I think is not very affordable. That is expensive. But I mean, if you're doing it for a certain particular reason, it totally makes sense to me. So are there any questions or anything like that? Yeah, where is the recipe? If you please just refresh your page on YouTube, it is in the show notes. It's show notes is what is right under the video that you're watching. Exactly. And um, right now it's just the oat matzo recipe that's up. I'm going to be putting the soup up, but seriously, any chickeny soup. So basically I would use the bouillon cubes and that is referenced in the um, oat matzo ball recipe. Um, a link to get it. I have a dry bouillon. I have a wet bouillon. You can make either one. Um, but it's basically, or you could even, if you wanted to really shortcut this, you could get some pre-chopped vegetables, saute them, put in some, you know, salt-free vegan chickeny broth. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, like if you're at somebody else's house. But I think it's really nice to make it where you know where all the ingredients are. Because, like, better than bouillon is delicious, but it has a lot of ingredients that maybe we're trying to avoid. And my bouillon cubes, literally, I cut up an onion or two, some carrots, some celery, and I put some thyme. You could put mushrooms. You could put any herbs you wanted to or no herbs cook it in the slow cooker stovetop in your oven or in your pressure cooker, puree it um, as is, or you can put a little nutritional yeast in it to make it a chickeny broth. And then I freeze it in ice cube trays and pop it out into resealable bags. And so I make it a, like quarterly and it's easy and it's ridiculously cheap. Whereas better than bullion is not ridiculously cheap. So. Hopefully that helps a little bit and there'll be some of the same step-by-step -step procedures. And if you live near me, perhaps you should tell me because I have a lot of soup. I sent a whole thing of soup home with somebody yesterday because I knew I was going to have two more soups, but it may be Dawn and Rob get some of this today. A little matzo ball soup love. Oh, here's a comment. Um, Linda says, I made the instant pot matzo ball soup today and some of my matzo balls disintegrated, LOL. I now have matzo meal everywhere. Any ideas is what I did wrong. By the way, it tastes amazing. That's why, Kathy, I've been starting instead of teaching demonstration classes to do the interactive ones, because in a case like that, I would be able to see what she's talking about and tell her. Well, and what I would need to know is how long did you cook it? And what were your matzas made out of? to give you, like, did you use my matzo ball recipe, the oat matzas, because they hold together great. Um, so what I would probably say, if you just made your general matzo ball recipe and you put it in the Instant Pot, so let's talk about it, if it was that, you probably need to add some more binder. And right now I'm pretty much using flaxseed for most of the binder with a little bit of potato starch. Um, so I would start, if you put one tablespoon of flaxseed into it, I would put two or three. And if you're doing something that has, like, these can hold up because they're oats. Think about that. Like, if you made oat pasta, it's going to be much heavier than if we made it with that super fine pasta 
uh, flour. Same thing if we're using matzah versus using some of these ground oats. That's also why I wanted to try it with oats is that I thought we can make a whole food matzah. Um, are we getting any answers from? I am looking to see. Sorry. She I says, I used your mat. I used your mat. I used your matzo ball recipe, but used matzah. I believe it said to cook for 25 minutes. I used two tablespoons of flaxseed. Yeah. And in the note, it says if you use matzo meal to cook it about half the time, I think someone said they cooked it 20 minutes on the stove. So I would probably try 10 minutes. But 10 minutes isn't going to be, well, 10 minutes could be enough if it's with matzah. So I had a call out for testers yesterday and there were people who got the recipe, but no one reported back to me except for one person who used matzah. And they cooked it on the stovetop and they cooked it for half the time. So that's what I would say. I think the cooking time, if you cooked it 20, the full 20 minutes in the instant pot, that would be too long. I would cook it five or 10 minutes and see how that works. And I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, yeah, and you might even wanna put a little more flax in there just to make sure. But that's that's why I haven't put up the almond recipes because I haven't tested it. I tested the oat recipe like three times yesterday and cooked them for a lot longer. And I haven't done the matzah ones, which is hopefully the matzah and the almond ones will go up on the blog this week if I can manage it. Still have to do my taxes. <laughs> so that could change everything. <laughs> Anything else? Anything else for, ooh, it's 10 o'clock. Guys, any, I, okay, let's see. Well, we're talking about who's better looking, Adam West or Chad Everett, you know, in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got you see, but people don't realize if they watch on Facebook and Twitter, we really like you guys to watch on YouTube because we have the Zoomunity, that is the community on Zoom, and we got our own little show going on on the side. So, who did you like to watch growing up? Did you have favorite actors or favorite shows? You know, I, I watched Batman. I watched all the TV. I love Bewitched, which comes as oh no surprise. Oh my god, that's like right? my favorite show. I love that the show. Ding, ding, ding. I loved that show. That was a good show. And I loved Green Acres because I loved <laughs> that pig. Arnold. I met him once, actually. <gasps> the real Arnold actor. I met him in Santa Barbara, the, 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 the pig actor. He was phenomenal. Karen's saying she thought David McCallum was gorgeous. Is he the one that was played Ilya Koryakin in uh, Man from Uncle? I can't remember. Oh, I sort of remember that. And I remember seeing Doctor Who late at night, you know, like on PBS. It was very exciting. I, I lived a very always, boring life. I think we always love the shows from our childhood the best, whatever whatever age we are. It, it's true. There's some really good, good ones now, but I do tend... I don't know. I think even more since, since the pandemic, I tend towards watching apocalyptic shows and movies. Like it makes Cheryl crazy, but I feel like I'm picking up tips. So like I am ready for the zombie apocalypse, right? It, should it ever come? I think, I think I know some things now and I don't know if that's helpful in any other way, except I like to know worst case scenarios 
And then I can kind of like make life super happy knowing, well, that's the worst that can happen. So there we go. Like the worst that could happen is we could have opened this up and these would have dissolved, but they didn't. Yay. Have you ever made gefilte fish? I have not. Have you ever had it? Once. I wasn't a fan. Yeah, it's too gelatinous. (laughs) It's. Well, you know, it's one of those things that's not um, a typical American texture, even though, you know, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. I think there's some Asian food that has similar textures as well. So it's like kanji can even be a learned thing because we're not used to, we're used to oatmeal and oatmeal being sweet and kind of mushy. We're not used to rice being savory and mushy, but fish and cello and mushy is just it was a lot it was a lot I was young too because remember I became vegetarian when I was 18 so I probably wasn't as open-minded as it, after me I was 17 but you're, <laughs> you're a lot younger than me so I'm not that much younger than no, you me, look man. younger well Kathy this was great so next month you're coming back it's May it will be May 4th or May 3rd which means you could cover Mother's Day you could cover Cinco de Mayo Memorial Day barbecue, it's your choice. Okay, let's think about that because I just made some really great um, King oyster mushroom shredded um, carnitas for a class I did this past month. So that could be fun because I love, have have you had a lot of people over using whole chilies, whole dried chilies? Not really, no. Because they're cheap and you can get them at Walmart. So no matter where you live, you can find these. So yeah, let, let me think about that. But I think I'm probably going to go Cinco de Mayo then. Maybe that we'll even great. make some sort of like mocktail with no sugar. I'll see what I can think of. Like a margarita maybe? Yeah, All something right. like that. Uh, Chef Dell, who comes on before you on Sunday, said he's going to do some kind of Mother's Day Cinco de Mayo hybrid. And they somebody made like Nacho de Mama or something. <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> something like that. Oh, I'll have to be, I, I need to come up with something more clever than if he's going to be that fancy. Yeah, he's just, he's sweet too. Well, thanks, Kathy. It's always fun learning from you. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And if you have some questions for me, you can always, um, Ask them in the comments on the YouTube channel. I do check those, but you can email me at kathyhester at gmail.com and I'll get back to you. Thanks so much, Kathy. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow for a live Q&A with plant-based Manhattan dermatologist, Dr. Jessica Cran. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.